You're listening to Breeding, Bloodstock and Banter with Gareth Hall and the Captain. Hello, Gareth Hall with you. Welcome to the Breeding, Bloodstock and Banter podcast with the one and the only, the Captain Guy Moldcaster. We're recording the podcast on Wednesday the 8th of November and it's about 11.21 on this Wednesday morning. Guy, hello to you. Hey, Gareth. Well, another Melbourne Cup's been and gone. Yes. Another favourite. Ran a nice 14th. What do Problem. we make of that? Because Vorbam was all of the rage. Everybody wanted to declare him. I thought he'd be hard to beat after watching him there last Tuesday morning for the Breakfast with the Stars. But since 2002, there have been 11 international gallopers that have started favourite. And none, none have finished in the top three guy. You know what? It was interesting. You've read all the all the reports on TV and on the radio and on yes. social media. And I was at the Tattersall sale last week, and I spoke to a man who knew a fair bit about travelling horses internationally, and he said it had none. Mm. It didn't look that like talking to a few people and the uh, looking at him. Like I wasn't. I watched the race on TV. I wasn't there in the mounting yard, but he still had his winter coat and coat on. Um, I don't know if he paraded like a Melbourne Cup champ, and that's why he probably got out to $6. Maybe that, you know, when you saw him at that gallop on the previous Tuesday and he was jig-jogging around with no people there. Yeah. And then there was a big crowd yesterday. It could have been a little bit much for him. But Willie Mullins did say that he was off the bridle a long way away. We saw him win at Royal Ascot. He never looked like coming off the bridle full stop, did he? I think there was a difference there. They 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 went like lickety-split there yesterday in the Melbourne Cup. You have a look at the horses that were in the first part of the field. They all finished out the back, and the horses that were in the second half of the field finished up the front. So maybe he just blew up. He didn't handle the trip off that, that hectic tempo. Yeah, I think... Uh... I think we probably should learn our lesson and not fall into these uh, horses next year. But in saying that, it's the start of it, a new era in a way when it comes to the Melbourne Cup because you've got horses like now that you've had without a fight, 56 and a half after getting that penalty after winning the Caulfield Cup, but he was at the top of the weights. He was number three. Gold Trip, of course, won it last year. Very elegant as a mare was basically weighted to her best as well. And then you've got a twilight payment and a vow and declare down the bottom. But is, is, is this era changing in a way that, that the better horses at the top of the weights are the hardest to beat in a Melbourne cup? Because once upon a time and talking about internationals getting off the plane, you had horses like a twilight payment that did it off the plane. Cross counter did it off the plane. Rekindling did it off the plane. So there's been horses that have been able to, to be based at Werribee and win the cup first up. Yeah, there wasn't a great talk about the training facilities at Werribee in the last couple of weeks either, though, Gareth, was there? You no. Know? What's your point there, Guy? Well, I mean, if you're going to be bringing these very expensive horses out, you've got to give them the right sort of training facilities, I would have thought. Didn't stop Romantic Warrior winning the Cox Plate? Yeah, but he did go to Mooney Valley about three or four times. Yes, and... That, the others had the option to go to Flemington. The others had the option to go to Flemington, yeah. I think you're working beautifully with that microphone, yes. Just get a little bit closer, Guy. Yeah, well, it's all history now. Turn the page and get on to the next, so, Gareth. What about without a fight? Now, can you tell us a little bit about Sheikh Mohammed Obeid, Al Maktoum? Yes, uh, 
as far as I know, he was the man that owned Dabawi. He raced Dabawi. Dabawi finished his racing career and went under the umbrella of Godolphin mm-hmm. as a stallion. So he's a... Uh, He'd, he's one of the bigger owners in Europe. And, I think he's Sheikh Mohammed's brother, isn't he? Uh, well, I'm not sure how, yeah, the, how the family tree works here, Gareth, but he's obviously not too far away from no. the cash. So Jason Walsh, who works for Godolphin, was looking after his racing interests in, in Australia, so there must be some connection yep. there. And a seven-year-old that gets the job done lightly race, seven-year-old that wins the... The Caulfield Melbourne Cup doubled the first horse to do that since Ethereal, the 12th horse in history to do that, guys. Yeah, but, you know, when you think of the way the Freedmans prepared that horse, it was absolute genius. You know, they took him to Brisbane. They gave him a very light preparation. I wouldn't be surprised if he stayed in Brisbane a little bit after the Mm -hmm. carnival came down here. Only had two runs. Third run into the Melbourne Cup. Third run into the Melbourne Cup. So much for the 8,000 metres they had to do. 10,000, yeah. Hey, what about the stallion Teofilo, um, former Daly's um, shuttle, shuttle stallion? He's now produced three Melbourne Cup champs, Twilight Payment in 2020, Cross Counter in 2018, and now without a fight. Yeah, he's been an amazing stallion, Teofilo, and you know, and the world, uh, the world really knew about him, and he just keeps delivering. He does, and. Um, no, it was a terrific performance. And who said that he wouldn't stay on top of the ground? He got the job done. Mark Sarah pulled the right rein, defeating a horse like a Sulcum. What did you make of Sulcum? Like, um, there's been great debate whether he would have got close to to the winner if he wasn't held up in the straight. Yeah. Um, we'll never know. But it's always great to have that kind of debate. That's why we love the racing game. It's just the fact, though, Gareth, that the winner won so cosy. You can say what you like about the unlucky runners, but the winner didn't. Did you look at the overhead? No, I didn't. No, look the at overhead's the over- interesting mm. because when Joe was following without a fight and then he decides not to, and then he just runs into all these roadblocks and then he has to go back to the inside. So while he's being held up, Mark Zara is gone. He's got three on him. Yeah. And then he makes up a little bit of ground. But you're right, hypothetical. It's, it's all hypothetical. You do not know how that race would have panned out if he did follow him and they had clear running to the line, but one, the, one and one didn't hundred percent. And that's the game, the beautiful game. That's racing. That's where they pay out. Correct. So Salkham ran out of his skin. However, great ran, training ran performance really well, by Chris yes. Waller. And who would have thought Shiraz at a price? The boys that owned Shiraz were pretty keen. Were they? Yeah. I had them in all my trifectas. Did but you? Yeah. And who didn't you have? The winner. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I had some good idea that it wouldn't stay. Yeah, some good judges believe he, he wouldn't stay. But he did. He did. I had no doubt he would stay. Um, but I still lost. So I thought Vorban would have won. But anyway, that's life. Um, it's always a great race, the Melbourne Cup. And it's never going to change, is it, Guy? Because uh, this, like from a breeding point of view, and we always have this discussion each and every year that you had the majority of the gallopers. I think there was only two Australian bred runners in this year's Melbourne Cup. And the the Tatus the Tat sale recently, um, the tried horse sale. There was plenty of Australian interest. This is going to be the norm now. International runners will play a major part in the Melbourne Cup, and whether they get sent over here more often these days. Um, but I don't think it's going to change with the Australian bred stays, is it? No, definitely no. not. They're not. They just don't look like they're up to it. No. Can that change from a breeding point of view? Are we ever going to? 
um, breed better stays or is it just the market doesn't allow you to do that? People breed a mare to a fast stallion to get the maximum return at the sales. Yeah. As simple as that. You get get people that buy breed a staying bred horse at the sales, they might get two or three X on their investment, but they're not gonna get they're not gonna get the five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars like they'll get for the I'm Invincibles and things. Let's have a look at some of the other races on Cup Day. His exceedance has hit the ground running. It was an impressive winner by Dublin down, down the straight in that first race. Didn't think it was much of a race. All right, then. So put a line. What do you think of the exceedances? Yeah, they're fine. He's, he was a lovely looking horse, yep. but I just didn't think that was much of a race. All right, then. Mark Walker and Skewiff. She was playing up at the gates early in her early preparation when she came across from New Zealand. But... Um, Opie Bossom showed his class. That was a gem of a ride there. Yeah, and that, you know, when they got the Waikato stud colours on, they usually uh, find a little bit. She was a very good, well-performed mare in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. And there was a couple of pretty unlucky runners just in behind Skewworth too, wasn't there? There was a couple. Yeah. Mm, Madame Pomery keeps missing the kick. Oh, she doesn't keep that. She missed the kick badly there yesterday. Yeah. Who else was unlucky? Well, I thought Foxy Cleopatra only needed one more stride just about to win. Yeah, the one that got away, Trent Buston, believed, mm. after winning the last on Pesquero there yeah. at any old price. Did you back it? Uh, no. No. What about, um, do you like this thousand guineas towards the back end of the spring? doesn't really bother you. It, it does like. a little bit because you got to remember that if you win the thousand guineas, you've got to go out, have a spell, and be ready for Sydney in the autumn. You know, mm. so it comes around pretty quick. And do you think it doesn't give you enough time to do just that? Well, it'll be interesting to see how this the race pans out this year, and then how they go in Sydney in the autumn. Yeah, Roland High was the winner there yesterday in the that listed um, desirable stakes, and she was impressive off the pace. They were seen to be with that win there with cover out wide towards the back end of that meeting, but she came from basically last. Yeah, she followed Jolly Star into the race and got to her outside and uh, and probably the first two are probably pretty decent horses. I tell you, he's an underrated stallion for mine, rich enough. He, he always finds a good horse and Wickham, or Wiggum, produced a good performance here for Travis Dowdle there. Well, the, the good thing is, Gareth, if you want to buy rich yeah. enough, you'll probably be able to buy it pretty cheap. I don't know. I've just, I've, I've, um, I've found a couple of nice rich nuts over the time. They always get a good horse from time to time. Definitely, yeah. yeah. They thrive They thrive in Perth. You're listening to Breeding, Bloodstock and Banter with Gareth Hall and the captain. All right, captain, let's have a look at the results on Derby Day and Golden Eagle Day. First of all, the stallion-making race is the Coolmore down the straight and the son of Zeus Osmosis was successful. It was a big effort. Yeah, he's, he's always looked a very good horse, Gareth, and uh, fair juice to Bjorn Baker. He, he knew where to be on the track. He got to the right spot, and he uh, he probably held them reasonably comfortably to the to the line. Gee, Sue Star's done a good job, hasn't he, really? And he just continues to find a good horse. Yeah, he's a beautiful stallion. He was a very good race horse, and, uh, and he'll just keep uh, spitting them out. And Osmosis' family with the Sue Star line, they've had... Tremendous success, haven't they? Zusto won in 2013, then he provided the trifecta in 2018. And Osmosis' grandsire, Northern Meteor, um, won it in 2008. Well, Costa de Lago won it in 1996. It goes on and on, Captain. Yeah, well, it was actually interesting that uh, Northern Meteor yes. and Zusto were both ridden by amazing Sydney jockeys like Nash 
Ruwilla and Jimmy Cassidy. There you go. Mm. The pumper. The pumper. Um, Pride of Jenny. That was a good effort. Pride of, a daughter of um, Pride of Dubai for Declan Bates. One of the great rides there in the Empire Rose. It's yeah. She was a good thing, beat, But still, he no. got the job done with Pride of Jenny. No, fair juice to him. And I know that man's a, he's a very good uh, philanthropist, the owner. So he uh, deserves every, every success 100%. he gets. What about Riff Rocket? There was concerns that he wouldn't stay, but he did enough there on Saturday to win the Classic, the Derby. And it was a tight photo, Gareth. Yes, and Macca, I think he did his back there trying to um, get Riff Rocket's head down. Yeah, well, he did the same thing the week before with uh, Romantic Warrior, so it might be a ploy they're all going to try and go for now. William Pike like it was. Yeah, they don't sort of ride quite as long as William Pike, but they're probably no. equally as effective. Riff Rocket... I don't think he's a stayer. I think his best trip is, what, 2,000 to 1,600 metres going forward? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, these horses are the early early season three-year-olds that are strong enough to run that trip. And come the autumn, some of the others catch up and some of them keep improving. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out in the autumn. The Golden Eagle, it was a tough day for both of us this race. My beloved Amelia's Jewel got decked and I thought her run was mighty. Did you? Surely. I think that was the race that she's earned the most respect from. Amelia's dual captain. The yeah. Pony. Yeah. I mean, let's just turn the page and not worry about the Golden Eagle. It hurts me well, to see poor old Kovalika have as hard a rhythmia and you to keep going on about the Perth Pony. Yeah. Well, what did you make of the performance of Obam Buramai, the Japanese Galloper. Yeah, wasn't really watching it, didn't really care about it, to no, be honest. No, we just got to move on. We're just going to turn the page and come back in the you spring and fire up. I think you owe me dinner at Nobu because we had this bet that whoever finishes in front of each other, <laughs> I just had to remind you of that. I'd be more than happy to take you to Nobu for a little bit of lunch. Yep. But, you know, you're going to have to stop going on about these Perth horses. I'm really. Placid Ark was the last good one you had. Bella Nipatina, <laughs> um, she was very good. Now, she defeated Giga I mean, not Giga Kick. She won the Giga Kick, defeating the Everest winner, Think About It, and also Private Eye, who looked home and hose there in the Giga Kick. But let's be totally honest, Gareth. Yes, All let's these be other horses have absolutely run their grand final two weeks before, and you wonder why they can't do it again. They're not motor cars. But Sydney Stakes, her run was is so impressive. I know, but Bettina. I mean. Off in a big field, out the back on a good track. Mm. She was enormous. She okay, made up she, ground. She won no the race. Else. She won the race. That's fine. But like, really, I didn't think the others were at their best. I think she might go to Hong Kong now, Bill and Ipatina. Yeah, we'll have horse, we'll travel. Yeah. Um, but think about it, was only third up, mate. Yeah, but I mean, you've actually trained them for their grand final. Which is the Everest. And then it's very hard. You know, you know, you know the numbers, man. You know, you talk to our man Jackson, who knows all the numbers of these races. They never rate rate as good. No, it'd be interesting to see if Imperatrice defeats In Secret. She is definitely the best sprinter in the land. Then that's going to be some race come Saturday. Who are you tipping in that one? Well, I've been wrong every other week, so I'll probably go for In Secret. All right then, Timmy Clark and Gabe Waterhouse. They're on fire at the moment. They had Amazonian Lass, the daughter of more than ready. Win the wakeful. 
Um, can she back it up tomorrow and win the, the Oaks? Yeah, I thought the Godolphin filly was four weeks between runs. I so think she'll, Yeah, I think she'll probably improve a little bit off that. That's what James Cummings told me on Giddy Up. That well, James Cummings knows what he's talking about. Yep, said she looks a treat, Gareth. Every time I look at her, she gets better. Mm. That's what you say to your beautiful wife. That's why. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, and Kingman, he's doing not a bad job. The, that's the, the sire of Sardozzi. Yeah. 2,500 metres. I remember that filly winning at Hawkesbury way, way back at her second start or something. And I, I remember James Cummings telling me how much he liked her. So we should have been on the job then. So we just had a discussion about Champions Day. It's going to be the clash of the, the day for mine, nearly the clash of the carnival. Australia's best sprinting mare in secret that would have won an Everest, I think, if she drew where the others drew. Um, she was out the back that day. And Imperatrice has been the queen of the valley. She's the queen of New Zealand. But can she be the queen of Australasian sprinting? Yeah, it's a different It's a different game, that straight track at Flemington. Yeah. And in secret, sorry, won a Coolmore down there. Correct. Oh, well, she's won, she's won two group ones. She's won a Coolmore and a Newmarket. Perfect. Yep. Well, there you go. So she's a star in secret. I'm with in secret. Would you believe? So in Paratrice, that means he's probably a good thing. I've continued to pull the wrong rein, mm. this carnival. West wind blows. When you have a look at the Caulfield Cup form, how do they beat him in the champion stakes? Well, you got to remember that Saki was pretty good at the Valley the other day, and he's won the two renewals of the race. He has. Yeah. Juaz is now purchased by Mr. Zhang. Yes. So he's got a good collection of broodmares there, Mr. Jack. I want to ask you about that. What's he going to do? Like, it's going to be Vin Cox. That's going to be his greatest challenge to make sure that he, well, like, how does he, how does he go about, first of all, mating these mares? Does he back his own stallions in or does he go out wide to get a new, a bit more new blood there in, in into the, to, um, the, the year long dynasty at the moment or the empire with the new bloodline. So I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be an interesting, it's going to be interesting to see which way Vin Cox goes. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see which way Mr. Jang goes. Which way do you think he'll go? Uh, I wouldn't have any idea what he's going to do, but whatever he does, he'll be doing it 120%. He'll have to back his own stallions in, wouldn't he? At some stage, because he needs to make some stallions. Yeah. Yeah, there'll be a there'll be some sort of cross section over proven and and new stallions and that sort of things. And it'd be interesting if he's going to be breeding to sell or breeding to race because with so many brood bears that he's bought, he, he'll have to start racing a lot of them. I would imagine. Yeah, the, I think he is pretty interested in the racing side of it, though. You know, I think the I think there'll be X amount of get, getting sold and X amount being kept and. How they work that out is up to them, really. Joaz a good buy. How much did Joaz go for, Jacko? We don't know, but she goes around in the champions stakes. So are you with? So you're with um, Zaki? Yeah, I just thought you know his yep. run was good at the Valley, and he's probably half a little bit of the fresh horse on the scene. Champions Miles is going to be a beauty, isn't it? This is going to be the race of the carnival. Brightside takes on Alligator Blood takes on Fangirl, the three best miles in the country. I'm with Fangirl here. Dry track. Small field, very good in the Cox Plate. Back to her favourite trip. Um, she's been, like, the only concern for mine is that Chris was thinking about going to the paddock straight after the Cox Plate. But 
obviously she's done well enough at home. Yeah, I wouldn't be running if if, if she hadn't done well, and I think uh, I think it's going to be a hell of a race. Who are you tipping that guy? Uh, gee, I've been sort of an alligator blood man all the way through, and he hasn't disappointed. And I think Gay probably would have expected them to to put the pressure on a bit more the other day mm. at the Valley. So it'll be interesting. I, it won't be a race for the faint-hearted. It'll be a hard-run mile, I know. Yeah. And so alligator blood. I think Fangirl, I'd be interesting to see who starts favourite in that race because mm. Brightside was second in a Cox Plate. Alligator Blood um, looked the winner but didn't quite get the trip. Mm. And Fangirl was unlucky. And then we've got the Golden Gift and the Five Diamonds and the Hot Dainty Stakes as well. They're the features at Rose Hill. The Golden Gift's an interesting race. This is a new pop-up race in a way worth a million odd dollars for two-year-olds. Yeah, I think they've had three editions of it so far. Yep. Um, and there's been, everyone's tipping either, like these two-year-olds are impossible to bet into, guy. let's be honest. Have you got one yet for us? Not yet. No. No, no. Blue points are going okay. They finished second down the straight the other day. Dad Jacko will get to Jacko. I don't think anybody remembers no. second anymore, Gareth. No, they? no. If you finish second, you finish last. Um, we just had a chat about Juaz, so she's off to Yulong. So, yeah, Yulong by another superstar brood man. Ryan Moore's ride there on the Deep Impact Colt. Augustus rode in with something else in that Breeders' Cup. What yeah. A ride. And what a campaign this horse has had, Faden O'Brien. Yeah, it's just a bit of a shame that Breeders' Cup's on right in the middle of our carnival because yeah. it'll be amazing to go to. But, I mean, you know, 80% of those races are on the dirt there, so it's a totally different game for what mm. we're doing. Hagwood's that, that cult there for, for Coolmore. Oh, he's been, he's been terrific all yeah. through the season. Um, Frankie Dettori won the Phillies and Mares turf. Inspira was too strong. Yeah, she's uh, she's another good good horse out of Europe and, you know, had a couple of chinks in her form during the season but brought her best form back to um, win a Breeders' Cup. And Blue Point continues to get the job done overseas. Yeah. Um, he secured his second group one, this time for Mickey Appleby, with um, Big Fs who took out the juvenile turf. Basically, though, Gareth, only matters until they've had runners in Australia. Mm. So whatever happens in, in the Northern matter. Hemisphere anymore is All right, Jacko, inconsequential. You can't keep putting Blue Point um, Group 1 winners from overseas trying to get your filly to go to the sales when she goes to the sales next year. Um, and Cody's Wish, this is the great story. This is the Godolphin-owned horse that for a Make-A-Wish day that um, uh, a young man, a young teenage kid there had, um, which is, his name is Cody, had a disability, can't talk, but Cody's wish put his head on his lap and they, they, um, had a bond and every time he turns up, Cody's wish wins. And that was a big effort in the dirt mile. So just, just Google Cody's wish and you can read that story. It's a story that every, um, racing jurisdiction and, and, um, racing fans should tell their friends if they're not into racing because it is one of the most beautiful stories that I've come across in the sport of thoroughbred racing. So that was the Breeders' Cup results. And Jackson France joins us now because it's time for questions with the captain. Morning, Gareth. Morning, Captain. How are oh, you? Jackson, how are you? Very well, thank you. Who starts? Mick's got a question. Yeah, we'll get straight into it. So the first question, as you mentioned, has come through from Mick, who was very active on the email. And he says, Captain, when a client asks you to select a classics type from the yearling sales, what attributes are you looking for compared to an early running style of horse? Well, basically, you're going to go for your, you're going to have to have a pedigree that fits the bill. 
because you you know the bloke the bloke wants a staying horse, so you're going to have to have a staying sort of stallion, and then um, give them two or three options and see what works out after that. Mm-hmm. And further to that, with the type of horse you're looking for, you're looking for a different style of athlete, like a different um, yeah style of horse in how they move and um, you know the way they're put together. Yeah, well, I'm not going to be giving away my secrets, otherwise you'll be down there trying to buy horses, Jackson. I'll just, you know what I'll do? I'll just follow you, and then um, um, when you put your hand up, I'll put my hand up. It's that easy, really. That's really good plan, Gareth, but just be careful you don't walk into a bit of a minefield trying that trick. No, I reckon I've worked. I could out-bluff you, um, I reckon. I've got you, I've got you sus, I reckon, Mr. Moncaster. Mm. I'll take you to Queenstown for a holiday and then put you completely off your game. <laughs> How easy is a bloodstock game? Gareth can become a bloodstock yeah. agent. But, um, walk him up. Thank you. A little walk, please. Um, the final question's come through from Chris. He says, it was an outstanding training performance by Chris Waller to get Sulcombe and Shiraz to place in the cup. Can you provide some insight into how he goes about preparing these stays and middle distance style of gallopers? I think it's just the key to having them ready on the day. You know, like he, it was a long range plan to have them both peaking on, on the day yesterday. And I thought they re- both really ran out of their skin. That's all that's come through this week. So if you want to get in touch with me, you can send your questions for the captain through on jackson.frans, F-R-A-N-T-Z at sen.com.au. And the captain, guess what? What? We're going to the Ready for Run sale in New Zealand in a couple of weeks' time, I think now. Not far away. Are you going to be there? Yes, I'll be there live and exclusive. Beautiful. So I think we arrived Tuesday, um, Tuesday night. We're there. Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and go home Thursday. So what have you found for us? Well, I haven't found any yet. I've got 45 rated out of the 400 that I think will be more than acceptable, and I'll be happy to share the information with you for a... What's my budget? Just tell me so I can get my budget together. I think if you've got a couple of hundred, you should be able to buy a pretty nice horse. Beautiful. I think that horse that won yesterday out of the uh, the Forgot You, he he came from the Ready to Run sale. All right, then. Mm. I'll get one. 200. Who are we, who's going to train it? Do I get to pick the trainer? Um, yeah, you do get to pick the trainer, but we can't be sending it halfway around the world back to Perth. Can no, we? I don't. No, I don't think we'll send it to Perth. But I, I don't know who I'll get to train. There's a few. Well, there's there a bloke the from Adelaide had two winners yesterday, wasn't there? Travis Dowdle. Yeah. No, what on Derby Day? Um, I don't know. Travis Dowdle had the winner yesterday. Who is it? Who got the double on Derby Day from Adelaide? I'll have to chase that up. I don't know what races you're watching. Well, the commentator definitely said there was two winners from Adelaide. No, that was yesterday. Yeah. Oh, two okay. different trainers. I oh, think okay. the Clark and Camp had one. And um, no, so Upi McGilvery trained the map, and then you had uh, Travis the Dowd. Map. That was off the map too. Was it? Unbelievable. Mm. The South Aussies are always eight. Underrated. Your man's got one tomorrow. In the first race, $15. Yeah. I'm, we've got the captain's pick now. That could be my captain's pick. Perfect. All right, hey, then. Please. Um, so here we go. So tomorrow, Flemington, race one, we've got a horse by the name of, is it race one? Yeah. Caravas. Now, they listen to Giddy up. It's 14 and 850. Wow. Another plunge. How did that plunge go on the Cox Plate of yours, Gareth? Um... Where was that one? Victoria Road. Victoria Road. Blew up. Yeah. It wasn't my plunge. Oh, you were the one that wanted to break the story to me. 
Yeah, what, that he's ready to go? Oh, you said I had these blokes on my radio show. They yeah. said it'll be winning, and every bloody seagull followed in, and they all came out with nothing. Yeah, and we all thought we'd get on Kovalika as well. Yeah, and we yeah. all got nothing. Yeah, well. so what do you think of this race? Can, can you caravas? They don't. They wouldn't be coming here for nothing. I would. I would imagine the jollies. I thought he. I thought it was his run. Run in Adelaide was good enough, but uh, I mean, it's a step up here. Well, I think it'll win. Is this the Ottawa Stakes? Is it? Yes. Has Moody got one in there? Yes, down the bottom. Yeah, I'll go for that one. All right, Anisa. Mm, barrier one down the straight. A filly by Exceed and Excel out of Sweet Sherry. Mm, that's a beautifully bred galloper. Yeah, mother went fast. All right, what's the captain's pick? Dare I ask? Uh, Surely you got one for us. Yeah, it's been a bit of a week though, hasn't it? So far, it's been bloody hard. Oh, the map defeated Mr. Waterville, by the way. Yeah, I knew that, and that was a financial investment I had on that, which came unstuck. <laughs> and Jolie Star got beat as well, so I'm just sort of like that bloke that keeps getting second. Yes, oh, I think that Fangirl will win the Champions Mile. Okay, we'll take the. Take the Quinella with, with alligator blood and hopefully you get some money. I think Sardesia win the Oaks. Yeah, take the Quinella with Harlow Mist and you might get some money. Um, and um, you know what? Our mate Wayne Hawks was tipping Airman. I don't think it'll win. He's it. a good horse, though. Airman. He's a good horse. It might have come a little bit quick for him, but he is a pretty special animal. I think in secret um, will win the Champions Sprint. The Champion Stakes, West Wind Blows. How do they beat him? He's got the without the fight form line. They yeah. treated the rest in the Caulfield Cup. Yeah, well, let's see how it goes then. Who are you tipping? Nah, I'm right. sort of not and really in, tipping in this week. Well, Captain, hopefully you're back plenty of winners. See, so you got any horses that we should be keeping a close eye on from Mulcaster Bloodstock? I think Mulcaster Bloodstock might go for a spell for about a month and just chime in with Hong Kong International form. All right, then. Any for, we've got the sales coming up ready for run sale um, in New Zealand. How do we get in contact with you regarding... Um, um, some help basically. Yeah, we'll just flick us an email on g.molcaster at hotmail.com and I'll be able to uh, look after you. All right, then. So you'll be participating there. What other sales are you looking at then? Are we then, ready for then, then we're starting on the inspections at the Hunter Valley for the Magic Millions. All right, then bring it on. It's always a pleasure, Guy. Hey, Jacko, thanks for that. Thanks, Guy. And Jacko, I guess what the Home Affairs jackets came through as well. So thank you to Coolmore and Guy and the team um, there at um, Coolmore. Yeah, the jackets look amazing. You blokes will that... be absolutely in form and it'll be nice and cold next time you have to go to Flemington for track work and you can wear them with pride. Correct. And that's not cash for comment because we just enjoy the jackets here. Um, that is the Breeding Bloodstock and Banner podcast with the Captain Guy Molcaster. We'll be back to recap a big derby day. I mean, a big um, champion stakes day. Next Wednesday, looking forward to that. Will you be on the Gold Coast or be still at... Back still, on the still, Gold Coast, thank Melbourne. goodness, Gareth. I can't wait to... Do you know we're sharing a room on in um, New Zealand? They tell us. <laughs> they really. Yeah, they. they that's well, I don't need you slumbering in at five o'clock in the morning no. trying to wake me up and. No, I'll be there. I can't wait. I've got the double bed, all right. Perfect. <laughs> Have a good That'll day, be Captain. good. See ya. <laughs>